When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, hello, and howdy, everyone. I am your host, Josh Waters, and welcome to Rotten to the Core, the history podcast where I take a bite out of some rotten people. We go into their upbringing, actions, traumas, as well as possible mental afflictions, all with a goal to try to form a better view of how they became, well, so rotten. We're all human, and I crave to know how someone the same species as me could do things that were so horrendous. Sometimes it's a horrible crime. Others, it's unsatisfied greed. But this time, it is rotten deeds committed to protect and better the lives of her people. They were successful, but that doesn't make them any less rotten. On this part two episode, we will learn more about a queen who is known as one of England's greatest rulers. But that doesn't mean she didn't do some grim things, even when they caused her great emotional turmoil. A quote from Shakespeare, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And we will learn today just how true that is. This is the conclusion of our Queen Elizabeth I two-part series. In part one, we learned about the early life and trauma that our young princess had to endure before she was crowned. If you didn't listen to part one, stop now and go give it a listen, then come back and join us. But the rest of us, let's jump right into her reign and the rotten deed she committed to keep it. Gather round, darlings, and let's go right back where we left off. The year is 1559 and Queen Elizabeth Windsor, first of her name, was crowned Queen of England and Ireland. Queen Elizabeth I held her title for 44 years until her death at the ripe old age of 69 in the year 1603. Her reign would be dubbed Britain's Golden Age and her nicknames included Gloriana, the Virgin Queen, and Good Queen Bess. She was rightfully loved by her people and brought them peace, prosperity, art, culture, and some religious freedoms. She began her time as queen with a kingdom in debt, religious conflicts, and at war with France. She did start off with a bang though, and on her first session of parliament in 1559, which is their highest legislature, consisting of the Sovereign, the House of Lords, and the House of Commons, Elizabeth demanded for the passage of the Act of Supremacy, which re-established the Church of England that her father, King Henry VIII, implemented 
as well as the Act of Uniformity, which re-established a common prayer book. Before those, it was just a Catholic one written in Latin. In a time where the average person could not even read English, you can see how the more difficult and unknown language of Latin could be a dilemma to the, let's say, unwashed masses. Elizabeth decided to take a moderate approach to the divisive religious conflicts in her country, especially compared to her bloodthirsty older sister. There is one Jesus Christ, she said once. The rest is a dispute over trifles. That may not seem like a problematic thing to say, especially by today's standards, but at that time, she might as well have just walked right up to the Pope and slapped him across the face. Catholics were completely outraged. They believed she was leading her people to damnation. So dramatic. I ask you this question, though. If you were a king or queen, especially in those times... How many people would you allow to be killed so you could keep your throne? Put yourselves in their shoes for just a minute. You believe God personally chose you to rule. You also believe that you are the best person to give your people a good life. They do have prisons, but your enemies have so many allies that you can never be 100% sure who you can trust. Your life is at risk just by keeping your enemies alive. Even though it won't be by your hand, could you yourself condemn someone to death? Usually by an axe to the neck, just FYI. During her time as queen, there are 64 known people who would be killed to keep her position. Rest in peace, Mary, Queen of Scots, who is also Elizabeth's cousin. We love all queens around here. Most of those people killed were martyrs, which is someone killed for their religious beliefs, Catholics who refused her as their queen, some were priests, and the rest were conspirators, traitors, and a failed army captain or two. The most famous of the people murdered was Elizabeth's cousin, Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary was an heir to the English throne through her grandmother, who was Henry VIII's older sister, as well as a devoted Roman Catholic. What could have been a powerful relationship between the two queens was instead a bitter feud that left Mary the loser. It seems that people fighting and dying over religion just is not an issue that's gonna go away anytime soon. Because of Elizabeth, Mary ended up living, in my opinion, quite a sad life. Most of it was spent away from her country in France with her husband or in prison for 19 years. I will say that she was not in a chamber in a dungeon. She was imprisoned at an estate and still had servants and her ladies with her. Elizabeth was very careful as well as fearful for anything she did to marry. They were both queens as well as cousins. Elizabeth knew if she did anything too crass, she would face the wrath of the Catholics. But at the same time, she could not allow Mary to be free, for she was too afraid that she would gather more strength and power and try to usurp her throne. Mary did eventually have enough, though, and conspired and almost succeeded in having Elizabeth assassinated in what is known as the Babington Plot. She would have gotten away with it, too, but she was betrayed by those she trusted. 
Her fate was sealed after the correspondent she sent out was found by Elizabeth's extremely trusted and faithful spymaster, Sir Francis Walshingham. After a lot of pressure, Elizabeth very reluctantly signed the death warrant for Mary. And on the 8th of February, 1587, Mary Queen of Scots was beheaded at Fotheringay Castle in England, further cementing Elizabeth as the God-chosen rightful ruler. The two queens never did meet face to face, but Elizabeth took her death as heartbreaking. She had killed the only other ruling queen, her cousin, as well as upset every Catholic, the Vatican, and Spain. The execution of Mary would play a bigger role than Elizabeth expected, though. It removed any hope King Philip II of Spain had of keeping England Catholic. He saw Elizabeth as a heretic queen, and she had been a constant threat to him and his vision for the future. Not only had she been allowing English privateers, pretty much pirates, to loot from Spanish ships and ports for nearly 20 years without punishment, but she was undermining the work of the Pope, and furthermore, the will of God by allowing Protestants to openly practice. Being a king himself, as we mentioned previously, he thought he was handpicked by God. Just imagine for a second, all these royals around the world believing that they were chosen by the God that they worshipped. Just think the way your mind would react to that kind of power. Literally every decision you make is thought to be God's will. I know I keep mentioning that, but just try to wrap your head around how the Queen Elizabeth I made her decisions. And just every king that we mention, king and queen, they are chosen by God to rule. Think of what that would do to your own mental prowess. It would not take me long to be like, bow before me, Team Daenerys. The death of Mary was a signal from God to Philip, though. He saw it as his time to attack and save the doomed masses in England. Philip planned a two-pronged attack to conquer England. Spain's invincible armada included over 130 of the largest ships in the world, 8,000 seamen, (laughs) seamen, roughly 18,000 soldiers carrying thousands of guns, making it the largest fleet ever seen. The plan was to sail from Spain up the English Channel to Flanders, where it would collect a huge land army raised by the Duke of Parma, governor of the Spanish Netherlands. The Armada would then land its army on the Kent coast, and it would march on London and free the nation from Queen Elizabeth and her government. With all the odds stacked up against her, all seemed lost to the people of England, but not to Elizabeth. It would seem that if God did choose the ruler, then he held Elizabeth in great favor. In 1588, when Philip's armada came to attack and free England from the Protestant heretic, a great and powerful wind blew from the north. It caused the Spanish captains to crash and flee back to Spain, losing around 15,000 men, as well as 60 of the 130 ships. It gave King Philip a humiliating defeat that he would never recover from. Not only was it a personal defeat, 
It cemented the belief that Elizabeth was God's chosen. Against the full force of the Catholics, she emerged victorious. She may have believed she was chosen by God, but that does not forgive the rotten deeds either she did or that were done because she gave the orders. Elizabeth was incredibly vain. Her trademark white face and extravagant wardrobe led her to rely on taxation and parliamentary grants. If you were a relative of the queen, it meant you should probably be on guard. Lady Jane Grey, Elizabeth's cousin, who reigned for nine whole days before her sister Mary, had two younger sisters, Catherine and another Mary. Very popular name of the time. Both would marry without Elizabeth's permission, which was required for all ladies in her court. They would both be in prison for their crimes, Catherine dying while under house arrest at the age of 27, and Mary, who was released, but her husband had died, which left her alone and childless for the rest of her life. Our queen was fond of torture as well. Catholic priests entering the country could be tortured or killed, and so could those suspected of harboring them. One of the most brutal instances of this was when Margaret Clithroe, despite being pregnant, was crushed to death in 1586. Sir Thomas Walsingham, Elizabeth's spymaster, once said, Without torture, I know we shall not prevail. Even her torturer, Richard Topcliffe, delighted in his work, and he even raped one prisoner after racking her into betraying 26 people, including her own parents. I know that wasn't personally done by Elizabeth, but the guy worked for her, and I'm sure she was aware of what he was doing. Her reign was called the Golden Age, but that does not mean people stopped suffering. It was indeed golden, but only for those in power and privilege. The economic crisis that occurred between 1594 and 97 was worsened by the high taxes Elizabeth was collecting to fund her military campaign in Ireland. Mix that with bad weather, failed harvest, and an increasing population, and it led to food becoming significantly more expensive. Prices went up by 75%, but agricultural wages went down, leading to many not being able to afford food, and they were starving. She was also heavily reliant on propaganda to control her image as a holy virgin queen. She had taken away the Catholic's religion and tried to replace the Virgin Mary symbolically. Cue the white makeup and outfits. What started from her vanity, she had smallpox in her 20s and it left her with pox scars on her face. Her signature white face was called Venetian Ceruse and it was made by mixing vinegar and lead. Her blush was a mix that included mercury And if you don't know, lead and mercury are very dangerous, especially if you're applying them to your flesh on a daily basis. By the end of her life, our golden queen was literally rotten to the core. Her lifelong sweet tooth had left her mouth partially full of black and rotten teeth. She would often soak a rag in a niece and keep it in her mouth to help with the smell. Her skin had scars and crusty sores from the years of lead and mercury exposure, and her hair had fallen out besides a few wispy tufts. Those that saw her unadorned were often shocked at the sight before them, compared to the glorious figure they saw at court or in portraits. 
She even had very strict rules for artists who painted her portraits. Let's say she had Photoshop before cameras were even invented. Queen Elizabeth I was a Protestant female ruler who succeeded in a world dominated by men and Catholics. Her reign has had benefits that we still have to this day. She dedicated her life to her people and her country, and I believe she did what was in hers, and most of the times, their best interest. To her, the rotten things she did were justified, for her decision was also God's. But that was a lot of bloodshed and death during her 44 years as ruler. Her title as one of the greatest monarchs of all time was earned, but by the lives of her enemies. She will always be known as a remarkably unique queen, and I hope that learning the whole story of her life has given you a broader perspective on how even the greatest of us had done some rotten things to get them done. The saying, if everyone believed in an eye for an eye, soon the whole world would be blind, comes to mind. I did want to add a fact I learned yesterday. This is not about Queen Elizabeth I, but actually a few queens after her, Queen Victoria. My fellow podcaster, Pia from the podcast Crimes from the East, go give them a listen. She is easily one of the funniest and most honest people I've ever met. Her podcast is wonderful. But she educated me about the Koh-i-Noor, or Mountain of Light, diamond which is one of the largest cut diamonds ever discovered and is currently part of Britain's crown jewels. It is set in the crown of the Queen Mother, but it is stolen. On the 29th of March, 1849, a 10-year-old Maharaja was extremely pressured into signing a treaty of submission. It handed over to the British East India Company great amounts of the richest lands in India which had been, up until then, its own kingdom. It also gave the current Queen of England, Victoria, possession of the then-stolen diamond. England literally stole it from a 10-year-old child, and still has possession of it to this day. Shame, shame, shame. Well, everyone, this has been our story of the Golden Virgin Queen Elizabeth I. I hope you enjoyed learning with me the rotten deeds committed by her and her people to keep her God-given throne. My obsession with her has been humbled, but it's still there. Just because we like someone does not mean we should overlook the negatives about them. God, I wish I knew that earlier. Could have saved me from a bad relationship or two. You live and learn, live and learn. So, go out and make friends out of your enemies today, everyone. This is your host, Josh Waters, and thank you for joining me here at Rotten to the Core. Good day. If you would like to stay up to date on our current episodes of Rotten to the Core or have suggestions for future ones, please follow and like us on Facebook at It's Rotten to the Core, Instagram at It's Rotten to the Core, Twitter at Rotten in History, or go over to itsrottentothecore.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.